0: The WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa online at let or listen on tune In and odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded.
1: So we recognize the people that we should avoid by number one, they love themselves. Number two, they, they have a proselytizing zeal, and then in verse eight, there's another mark of these people, these problem people. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men of depraved mind, rejected as regarding the faith.
2: Janus and Jambres, who were they? Well, that's one of the things we'll learn today on verse by verse along with what they did to oppose Moses and how they exemplify the troublemakers of today who stand against the truth. Thanks for tuning in today. Our teacher on Verse by Verse is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. And our study is from 2 Timothy, chapter 3, where Paul gave his young disciples some valuable advice on pastoring his flock there in Ephesus. Advice that we can all use to help us survive in difficult times. There are a bunch of preachers on TV and radio who tell part of the truth, but they leave out the most important parts, the parts about sin, repentance, and Jesus' substitutionary death on the cross for us. And they make a lot of money with their feel-good, inspirational, self-help messages. They tell us that God wants us to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. Hmm. Too bad they didn't tell that to the apostles, because they were anything but that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, for example, Paul talked about being afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. But the false teachers stirring up trouble in the church don't want us to see that side of the story. And Paul said here in 2 Timothy 3, "...for among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins." Led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Here's Pastor Steve now to continue that thought.
1: Now, they don't deal with sin, and they don't speak about the cross, and they don't deal with salvation. They deal with things that these women want to hear. I can be relieved from my problems. An easy way out. They're the kind of women who would listen to anybody, they want a way out of their feelings of guilt. They'll listen to anybody and they will listen and listen and listen and listen. And that's why verse 7 says, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They will sit there hour after hour and let these religious quacks tell them all about how wonderful their religion is. And how much freedom they can give and, and all of these things. And they will listen and listen, but they will never come to a knowledge of the truth. Why? Because though they have a restless quest... To be delivered from their problems, they would try any novel teaching that might help them. But the teaching that they're hearing is not the gospel, because these religious people are not giving them the gospel. They'll embrace every new heretical fad that comes down the pike. However, they won't hear the truth, and so they will not come to the knowledge of the truth. And you've met people like this. You've met people like this. I've met women like this. I've met men like this. They'll gravitate to anything. Anybody who tells them something that they want to hear. They are unstable women. Easy prey for door-to-door religious hucksters. That's, That's what he's saying. So we have morally weak women who are open to any doctrine, and the propagandists creep into their homes, and they feed them error, and they grab them because they... They, they grab hold of this because they think it will, it will uh, appease their conscience. It'll help ease their conscience. But they've never grappled with the real problem, and that is to forsake their sin and trust the Savior. Their problem is sin, but they're not going to embrace the Savior. They're not going to hear about him. In fact, they really don't want to hear about him. They want to hold on to their sin, and they want a religion that doesn't deal with sin and a religion that doesn't deal with eternal punishment. They capture weak women. Now, listen, we live in a day and age where, quite frankly, you have to be on guard for people like Jehovah's Witnesses who come to your door. When do they come? Do they come at night? No, they come during the day. Why? Because the husband's not home. The wife is home. Now, I don't know if that's a, a uh, absolute rule, but that is a general policy. I, I have never had any, uh, any of them knock on the door at night. Maybe they do somewhere, but I've never had that. And what do they do? They don't teach you about eternal punishment. They deny that. They deny that. They don't speak about hell. They don't speak about the cross. They may use some of the language that we use. They'll tell you, in fact, they'll tell you they believe in the, uh, in the deity of Christ or words to that effect. But you probe and you find out, do they, do they believe that Jesus Christ is the eternal God? They'll say, yes, he's the son of God. I should put it that way. They would say, yes, he's the son of God. But do they mean he's God the son? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They don't mean that. They proclaim a religion that really satisfies the flesh. You want to go to the kingdom? Fine. Here it is. Here's all you have to do. Be a part of the 144,000. You're in the kingdom. They don't tell you to be born again. Satan preys upon these type of women. It started in the beginning. Who was the first one Satan tempted? Eve. When her husband wasn't around. And I might say just by way of application that men, be aware of of what your wife is reading, what your wife is listening to on television or radio, because the trouble and the challenge we have is that they don't have to knock on our doors during the day. They just come through the radio and television and magazines and books. I think that one of the things that a man has to do, according to Ephesians 5, is to protect his wife and to purify his wife, just as Christ protects and meets the needs of the church, and that means spiritually, be aware of what they're reading be aware of who they're listening to. Be, be aware, in fact, encourage good, solid reading and good, solid programs on, on radio. And, and if they're going to watch the uh, Christian television, encourage them and, and work on that on good, solid programming. And because they don't have to knock on your door anymore. They just come through the tube. So we recognize the people that we should avoid by, number one, they love themselves. Number two, they they have a proselytizing zeal. And then in verse 8, there's another mark of these people, these problem people. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men of depraved mind rejected as regarding the faith. Now that's interesting because you look at that and you say, oh, Janus and Jambres, oh, who are they? They're not in the Bible, except here, they're not in the Old Testament. And yet, Paul says these were two men who opposed Moses. Isn't that interesting? Yet, you, you look throughout the books that Moses wrote, and you won't find the names Janus and Jambres. Let me explain. In Jewish tradition, not in the Bible, but in Jewish tradition, oral tradition, written tradition, the names Janus and Jambres come up as two of the chief magicians back in Pharaoh's court during the time of the Exodus remember the in the exodus Pharaoh was uh, Moses rather was sent to Pharaoh, and his message was, "Our God says, "Let my people go and then Moses did some miracles to prove that God had sent him to to authenticate that he had a message from the true god pharaoh said i 'm not impressed, my magicians can do the same thing and they did and and their um, their rods turned into serpents and so forth. And you have, you have a lot of a du- duplication of miracles. Let's look at that. Exodus chapter 7. Back in the Old Testament. Exodus 7 verse 11. Exodus chapter 7 verse 11. Just one example. Then Pharaoh also called for the wise men and the sorcerers... And the magicians of Egypt, and they did the same with their secret arts. They were able to counterfeit the miracle that Moses did. Now, Jewish tradition says that two of the chief magicians were called Janus and Jambres. Now, all tradition is not wrong just because it's tradition. And apparently, this tradition is accurate and right because the apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, wrote of these two men. So here's an example where Paul takes Jewish tradition and weeds through what might be inaccurate and what is accurate and comes up with an accurate statement of two men named Janus and Jambres. And so we know that this is true in this case. They oppose the truth, uh, by counterfeiting a miracle. And that's interesting because Paul says these false teachers oppose the truth. They oppose the truth. The mark of, of someone you are to avoid is, is not that they just deny the truth, but that they oppose it and they come up with a counterfeit, what they call truth, but it's a lie. There may be the implication here that they even use supernatural miracles to deceive. I'm not sure if that's the case, but Janice and Jambres did. They were able to do the supernatural. So when someone comes up to you and says, but look, look at the power that this man has. Look at the lives that he's touching. Look at the miracles he's able to do. Look at the predictions he's made. Doesn't prove a thing. Doesn't prove a thing. Janus and Jambres did counterfeit miracles. That didn't prove anything. The only thing it proved is that Satan can produce counterfeit miracles. That's all it proved. The issue is the truth. Does their message line up with the word of God? That's the issue. Not miracles. So when you hear about miracles today, uh, that does not validate any movement. It does not validate any man or a woman for that matter. They oppose the truth. You see, false teachers don't just deny the truth. They substitute and promote a lie in place of the truth. These men were imposters. These false teachers, as well as Janus and Jambres, were imposters. Uh, he says in verse uh, eight that they are to pray that is they 're corrupt in their minds they 're corrupt, and they are rejected by God, God has examined them as He would a, a, a medal, and He rejects it as a worthless medal, rejected as regards to the truth they 're not real they 're not genuine and I want you to know that 's a pretty scary thing to, to read isn 't it that 's scary that, that there 's men like this running around and they 're in churches and they 're in pulpits that 's a scary thing they 're running around prying on weak women. Opposing the truth, propagating lies. And they're the type of people that make life difficult for the church. They make life very difficult. And if you, if we only went up to verse 8, we might think, well, what's the future of the church? I mean, these guys are going to run over this church. There'll be no church after a while because uh, they're just going to continue and continue and continue. But Paul closes this, this thought at least. Though I don't think he's closing the section he closes this thought in verse 9 with a very encouraging word to us but they will make they will not make rather further progress for their folly will be obvious to all as also that of those two came to be we don't have to be concerned because they will not progress in their folly now what does he mean by that look at verse 13 And I want you to see what is an apparent contradiction, but it is not a contradiction if we understand the balance. Verse 13. But evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. He's speaking about these same people. Now, how could that be? In verse 13, he says they're going to get worse. In verse 9, he says they will not make further progress. Contradiction? No. No. What he is saying is... That they will make progress in sin. Personally, in their sin, they will continue going worse and worse. They don't stop their evil. They get worse and worse personally, individually. But Paul's point is that their influence and their success in gaining converts is limited. Individually, they're going to go down. They are not evolving, getting any better. They will only get worse. However, their influence and gaining converts... Very limited. That will not continue on and on and on. And he says that's what happened to Janus and Jambres. And you know that's true. Uh, God exposed them for what they really were. In Exodus chapter 7 verse 12. We read this. For each one drew down his staff. And they turned into serpents. And and, uh, Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. God was able to do something that they couldn't do. They were exposed as phonies. In chapter 8. Verse 18, and the magicians tried with their secret arts to bring forth gnats. They tried to duplicate the miracle of bringing forth little gnats, but they could not. So there were gnats on man and beast. They were exposed as being fakes. In chapter 9 of Exodus, verse 11, and the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians as well as on all the Egyptians. So Paul says they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all. Just as Janice and Jambres were exposed as fakes, so it will be obvious that these men are fakes. Let me put this together. What he's saying is this. Even if a few weak people are captured by these religious teachers, even if heresy, if their heresy uh, overtakes some, you and I don't have to worry. The church will stand. they Teaching and the nonsense of their teaching will eventually become obvious to all. Who does he mean? I think he means the church. The world certainly doesn't say, oh, it's obvious. No, it's obvious to the church. You and I don't always know who's a false religious teacher. Not off the bat. Give them enough time. Time will reveal their nonsense. That's the point. That's the interpretation. Eventually, the church will see through their errors. You know, it's wonderful when you meet a, a man of God, like, for instance, Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Dr. McGee has been preaching the gospel, the word of God, for years and years and years. And you know what? He has withstood the test of time. He has withstood the test of time. And that's good. That's, that's wholesome. That's right to see that. But some people come on the scene, and they're here for a while, and they get into error, and, and it's incredible uh, where, what they degenerate into. Time reveals a lot of things. And eventually the church sees through the nonsense when a man or a woman deviates from the truth. So the point is, is that false teachers will eventually expose themselves. The church will wake up one day and say, that's ridiculous. And they'll expose them for what they are, and they will fade into nothing, just as Janice and Jambres were exposed as non-authentic. What are these people? Lovers of self. They're outwardly. Religious, they are zealous for converts. They take advantage of women. They are opposers of the truth. They resist the truth. Recognize these people, and you know what you're to do? Avoid them. Avoid them. If there are people you know like that, avoid them. Be kind, be gracious, but don't embrace them. I don't mean physically. I'm talking about don't, don't embrace them into your heart. Don't open up your heart to them. Don't open up your home to them. Don't listen to them on radio. Don't listen to them on television. Don't sit under them in a college class on religion. I can't believe all the people who do that, and they think that it's all right. Don't sit I know of somebody who's going to go to a liberal seminary. For the life of me, I can't figure out. Why would you do that? What do you possibly have to, have to gain from that? Well, I guess I know you have to gain a degree. That's it. The Bible says avoid them. Don't fellowship with them. They give you an opportunity to correct them, do it. I've had opportunities to correct people who are Jehovah's Witnesses and sit down with them or stand at the door. And and, uh, I never make it like, tell me what you believe and I'll tell you what I believe. No, I've said such things like the deity of Christ is a non-negotiable. It's not up for debate. We're not even going to discuss it. Now, I want to say that graciously. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be obnoxious, but I want to be firm. I want to be loving. And if they will give me the opportunity, then I will present the gospel to them. And I have done that. And I've tried to pull out verses that they are not trained in answering. And I've, I've explained salvation through the person of Abraham. And I've explained things that I knew they weren't schooled in. And dealing with that, if you have the opportunity to be offensive in the, in the discussion, then do it. Be kind. Be gracious. But don't invite people in and expose yourself to this kind of error because you are their target. They know what they're doing. They know why they come in the afternoon. They know what they're there for. They are there for you. And there are many weak people who have gravitated into this error. But Paul is telling us here, avoid them. Avoid them. The church will always have people like this. And you know what? When one false teacher is exposed, Satan will raise up another false teacher. That's the ongoing battle. It's the ongoing struggle. The command here is avoid them. Lord willing, next week we'll look at some more about how to survive in difficult times. Let's bow for prayer. Is it possible that someone here doesn't know Christ? That you have been in a church for many years And you've never trusted the Savior. You're confused. You you have listened to so much teaching about religion that you just can't sort it out. I I want you to know we're available to help you. We're available to, to lovingly explain to you what the gospel is. Your mind may be very confused. You have perhaps fit this category of a weak woman or a weak man. And you suffer from moral problems, and you don't know what the truth is anymore. But if you want to know, you can. Jesus said, the truth shall set you free. The only way to gain freedom from sin, sin's domination in your life, is to come to Christ. And I invite you to him. I invite you to come to him. The church and, and says, come, take of the waters of life freely. It doesn't cost you anything, but it does demand repentance And faith in him as Savior and as Lord. And dear Christian friend, be careful of the associations that you keep. People like this don't read their books, don't listen to the stuff that they propagate, don't let them into your home so that you have a nice afternoon discussion over tea. It seems very nice, but understand Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and he's not an angel of light, he's a deceiver. You've been warned. The Bible is written to correct us, to reprove us, and to help us in instruction in righteousness. So you've been instructed. Now I need to put it into practice. Father, your word is so very clear. So very practical. Times have not changed. They were difficult in Paul's day, and they're difficult today. Perhaps even worse, Lord, because evil men do wax worse. Father, help us to survive these days to survive them because we understand that these days are permanent. We're not, we're not naive about that. We understand that the church will have these difficulties, and the solution is not running away from the church. It's being in the church. It's being in your word. It's being active. It's, it's reaching out. It's service. It's ministry. It's worship. It's taking the word of God. It's, it's being involved in worshiping you at the Lord's Supper and all of these things. Father, but there are others in churches who don't know you and their desire is to pull away disciples after themselves. Help us to be on guard. Help us to carry this message to others. Help us, Lord, to be pure and clean and, and healthy in who we listen to on radio, television, outside the church, these things. We're grateful for every good ministry outside of the local body. However, Lord, there are many evil ministries. In fact, it's not even right to call them a ministry. Help us to be careful of them. Help us. uh, I pray, Father, for the husbands of of this church, that they would be helpful to their wives in this area. Not that they would be dictators, but they would sensitively guide them and uh, help them along to listen to good, solid Bible teaching. And so, Father take what we've learned and help us to not be naive, help us to understand these things, help us to be wise. For this we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Several years ago, I happened to be home in the daytime and a Jehovah's Witness came to my door. He was very nice, but also quite eager to straighten out my theology. We talked about a variety of things as we stood at the door, but it eventually came around to eternal punishment. He believed that God would annihilate sinners after a finite period of punishment. I directed him to some passages in Matthew and in Revelation, and so he asked if I thought God was a loving God. Well, of course he is. Then why, he asked me, would a loving God punish someone forever? Would you punish your child forever? I said, well, first of all, no, I wouldn't punish my child forever but I wouldn't annihilate my child either. Would you annihilate your child? And second and more important, I said, I don't get my doctrine from what you or I would do. I get it from what God wrote in scripture. Well, he had no answer for that and soon excused himself to get to an appointment. Too bad. I'd have liked to have been able to keep him away from my neighbors for a little while longer. You've been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Are you looking for a church home in Clearwater? If so, you might consider visiting Lakeside. You'll find a warm welcome and solid Bible teaching. The street address is 1893 Sunset Point Road, and the web address is lakesidechapel.com. Call Lakeside at 727-441-1714. Our program today was the conclusion of a three-part message. You can hear the whole message at once by requesting a free CD. Call Lakeside at the number I just gave out, 727-441-1714, and ask for message 6213, Surviving in Difficult Times, Part 3. And feel free to ask for Parts 1 and 2 as well if you need them. Here's another listening option. Visit our website, firstbyverseradio.org, and go to the Message Archive page. Not only is today's broadcast available there, so are hundreds of previous ones. There's also information on giving if perhaps the Lord is moving you that way. We are very thankful for the generous listeners who help fund these Radio Bible classes. That's versebyverseradio.org. This is Jerry Peterson. So far we've had quite a bit of discussion about troublemakers and false teachers and how to spot them. But how should we choose our leaders? How do we know who to follow when the reason we need a leader is to teach us stuff we don't yet know about? Paul told the Corinthians, Therefore, I exhort you, be imitators of me. For this reason, I have sent you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. And he will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. But Paul and Timothy are long gone, and therefore